Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. Growing up as a keen sportsman, I was encouraged to find the Apostle Paul say to Timothy, bodily exercise profiteth little, 1 Timothy 4.8. It was in the authorised version and in context was going on to look at godly living. But I figured that profiting little was something. I have of course since found that many Christian leaders are keen on sport and have sporting allegiance to a sports team. I've often connected with a fellow leader at a conference over the shared pain of following a football team. So I thought it was time we feature this important element in the leadership file. And I'm joined by the Reverend Charlie Ingram, the minister of Bessel Green Baptist Church in Sevenoaks in Kent, who values sport himself and is part of a church that ministers to those who see sport as an important part of life. So welcome, Charlie, to the leadership file. Yeah. Hi, Andy. It's good to be with you. Um, so perhaps we can we can start with you sharing your story of how sport became an important part of your life. <laughs> yes. OK. Um, as well, anyone who knew me as a kid uh, would, would be laughing at your question uh, because I hated sports. All right. I was, uh, I was overweight. I bunked PE lessons whenever possible. So for me, sport and exercise uh, as came late in life. Um, some joke that probably a midlife crisis. But about 12 years ago, I, I had a period of, of, I guess, poor mental health. And I'd gained quite a lot of weight and became quite unfit. And at the same time, my kids were, well, they were starting to play football on a Saturday morning. And I guess I was aware of the example that I was setting for them, but but also I was just too unfit to join in with them. So kind of under advice from the doctor and other people, I, I slowly started to try jogging. Um, I found an army, it was an army basic fitness program. I think it came with the, the Guardian. And it started off with just a, a minute jogging and then two minutes walking. And that was enough of a challenge to, to start. But I found I, I enjoyed the discipline. And over the next few months, I managed to get to a point where I could, I could at least jog slowly for a few kilometres. Um, then at, around the same time, a, a church member here at Bessels Green had a mountain bike accident. Um, he actually very badly broke his back and neck. And he was taken to, uh, to King's Hospital in the air ambulance. And I obviously visited him the next day. I went up to London to see him, and he was flat on his back in the hospital bed. Um, he was he was lucky to be alive, they said, but um, it was unlikely that he'd ever walk again. And I came home that evening, you know, with it still in my mind, um, and I went out for a for my my usual evening short run. Um, but I guess I was thinking about him and praying for him, and and it made me realise just how much I'd taken this gift of life, the gift of my body, for granted. So I just remember running really hard that evening, um, absolutely exhausting myself and collapsing into a heap. Um, so I, f from there, you know, I'd begun to jog a little bit, but a few friends at church were doing the local sprint triathlon, a short distance triathlon, and one of them challenged me to take part. So I had six months uh, to get ready for the race. I'd enjoyed swimming as a kid, so I thought, you know, why not? Uh, so I, I went back and had a few adult swimming lessons. I borrowed a friend's road bike and set about training. Um, actually, as it happened, I discovered I'm not too bad a cyclist. Uh, I got on quite well on the bike and did a lot better in the race than I'd expected. And I don't know if you've ever done anything like that, but for kind of full of endorphins and full of enthusiasm, um, I started immediately to look for another race. And as I searched around on Google and spoke to people, I discovered a thing called Ironman Triathlon. Um, it's a 2.4-mile it's a swim, 
followed by a 112-mile bike ride, and, and then you finish off by running a marathon. Um, it, it just sounded like complete madness. But <laughs> Absolutely. Anyone, yes. anyone who knows me knows I don't do moderate. I've never been able to do moderate. It's a good job I never became a drug addict because I'd have thrown myself into it <laughs> with all the enthusiasm I could muster. So anyway, I, I decided, you know what, I'd enjoyed a triathlon. I want to have a crack at an Ironman. Uh, that was 2009. And since then, I've done I've done four full-distance Ironman races and, and lots of half-distance or 70.3s, as they're called. And uh, and you've really not not looked back. Wow, my word! So I mean, I mean that was a, we're talking extreme stuff. I mean, you know, getting into a bit of exercise, jogging a few miles, but actually, I mean, uh, a, a triathlon and then an, an Ironman is 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 a stunning sort of introduction to sport or to exercise, anyway. Yeah, I guess you know, not everyone has to be quite as extreme as that. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it and I, I found it, you know, great benefits to exercise. And so I kind of, yeah, just stuck at it really. Okay. So I've noticed that many church and charity leaders are keen sportsmen and women. Um, I'm sure statistically that's not particularly remarkable, but I wonder if do you, do you see a link between the interest in competitive sport and Christian leadership? Um, I, I'm not sure really. Um, personally, I don't use sport to be competitive um, i'm not quick enough anyway i'm a i'm a mid-pack age grouper uh, when it comes to triathlons so the only person i'm really competing against is myself right, right. Uh, i guess that might be you know maybe maybe christian leaders are driven people um, but for me it's all about the other benefits that, that come with exercise okay so the, the benefits of sport and exercise yeah okay so so for me, it, it became a bit of a simple formula, really. Um, that when I, when I exercise, I get I get physically really tired, so I sleep well. And if I sleep well, I'm I'm nicer to live with, or at least that's what my wife tells me. Um, I also cope better with life. Um, the stresses and expectations of ministry can be tough, and I guess over the years I've discovered that exercise helps me keep my head above water and keep keep my my demons at bay. Also, if, if you're working for a church, it can quite easily become a 13, 14 hour workday. You end up in the morning, afternoon and then evening meetings. So I found it really helpful that having a, a commitment to myself to train each day and to put that in the diary, well, it ensured I got some time away away from my desk doing something different. And, and it's amazing because often if I'm stuck on a sermon um, or a talk, going for a bike ride or going for a run, seems to give my my mind the space to, to process the ideas. And so many times I've come back from a run, having been stuck and had to rush straight to my study to write down the the outline or the illustration that came to me when I'm running that's been the key to to unlocking the talk. Right, right. Um, a, a side benefit sure, as well. Sure. As I, I, I like food and, and exercise means I can eat well. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's uh, what it does for me. I, I've, have you, you haven't, uh, I don't know if you've done anything on the introversion, extroversion end of things. I mean, some of your activities are, are more on the introverted end. Is that Does that fit your personality or do you not think in those terms? No, yes. Uh, I, I'm definitely, definitely an introvert, which is interesting because mm. I've spent uh, most of my career up on stages in front of people right, in yes. various various in one way or another but right. no i'm actually an introvert so i do need to get space on my own to process mm, mm. to to organize things and i find running gives me that space on my own but also with god sure sure um i mean obviously the, the new testament uses uh, sporting metaphors um i understand that those with a jewish background would have distanced themselves from some sport 
the Olympic athletes competed naked, which was not not good fun, not not something that, that the Jews obviously uh, would have valued. Uh, and the Apostle Paul was happy enough to use sporting images, and indeed he spent 18 months in Corinth, which was the site of the Ithmian Games. So there is some New Testament warrant for interest in sports. Yeah, well, although I'm... I don't know. Do we? I'm not sure if I care or not. If I'm honest. Okay. Yeah. Do we? Do we really need a Bible verse to justify every decision we make in life? I mean, if it's not illegal or immoral and fits within the general hmm. general scheme of the kingdom of God and His plan, then I'm not sure we need to find a a verse for everything. I mean, it, I guess I, my perspective has been that life is a is a gift from God, um, and that uh, you know I fully believe God wants each of us. To, to flourish at life. That's all of his creation. So for me, flourishing means in body, mind and spirit, because after all, they're, they're all connected. I, I know when I'm physically healthy, that I'm more mentally and spiritually, I'm spiritually healthier as well. So so in my mind, exercise for me has become, yeah, that, that time away on my own, but also a, a space for a, a kind of moving meditation, a, a physical prayer time. It, it, it forces you out focusing on your breathing on the rhythm of your feet and it's uh, it's definitely a place to be with god and out in his creation which i just find phenomenally helpful and if i can't find an exact bible verse to back it up um i'm not sure that's as important as some people think it might be okay no fair enough fair enough um i mean you're, you're part of a church that has sought to accommodate the needs of the local culture with respect to sports so i mean how did that come about yeah, yeah. I, I guess other church leaders will be noticing this as well. Uh, we began to notice a few years ago that we were we were losing families and their kids uh, around the age of 11, 11, 12. And well, Sevenoaks, where we're based, has one of the largest rugby clubs in the country. And a lot of them were, were choosing to head over and play rugby on a Sunday morning rather than be in church. And, you know, I understand that. I've got I've got four kids myself. Um, do you want to say no to them taking part in Sunday sport and then you, you risk them resenting church because they're missing out on the, the sport with their friends? Or or do you allow them to take part in sport and find other ways to help them engage with their faith and in church? So, yeah, I, I understand the dilemma. Um, but we as a church leadership at the time didn't feel that wagging a condemning finger was the way we wanted to go. Um, we wanted the church to be known for what we stand for, not always for just what we stand against. I think sometimes there's too much of that from churches. And uh, our evening service had been struggling for numbers. Um, so we decided to try a, a sort of an all age afternoon service aimed specifically at those who had opted to do sport on a Sunday morning. Uh, by and large, it's, it's worked really well. Um, nearly all those that we'd lost uh, started attending in the afternoon and, and recently they've begun to bring their friends. So it's grown to a congregation of maybe between 60 to 80 people. Um, it still feels it still feels fragile in some ways and a bit of an experiment, but we're pressing on and, and, and sticking with it. And, uh, you know, we're praying that it grows and, it, and continues to expand because there's definitely a need there. Well, that's yeah, but it's good to hear. I, um, I know some Christians who that kind of approach, they would say, well, that's pandering to the world. And I just wonder how it was received by the broad congregation that you uh, worship with. Yeah, I'm sure some some of the wider congregation thought that, but none of them came and said it to my face. Okay. And and you know, I, where does it say that church has to happen at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning anyway? Quite uh, so. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, but on the whole, I would suggest the congregation have been have been really positive. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Charlie Ingram. Uh, Charlie's the minister of uh, Bessels Green Baptist Church uh, and also a, a keen sportsman, particularly uh, an Ironman man. So uh, we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by the Reverend Charlie Ingram, Minister of Bessels Green Baptist Church in Sevenoaks. We're talking about uh, leadership and sport, and uh, Charlie was sharing before the break a little of his uh, journey into exercise particularly, and uh, extreme exercise for some, The uh, taking part in a number of Ironman um, events, uh, and the benefits really of that and how the church itself has a sort to accommodate the concerns and needs of particularly younger people involved in sport on a Sunday and put on a, a, an afternoon service to accommodate uh, that sort of uh, approach. Um, obviously, uh, Charlie, the organisation like Christians in Sport um, have um, you know sought to encourage Christians to uh, to see sport as part of their their life with God. Um, they've had a policy of not putting Christian sportsmen and women under pressure to speak at Christian events. Um, believing this can promote a, a celebrity culture and sometimes put Christian sports people in situations they're ill suited for. I wonder if you had any thoughts about that. Whether you've uh, had experience of that? Yeah, yeah. We've we've had sports chaplaincy UK come and do some stuff. A guy called Matt Baker. He's come and done some stuff at our afternoon service for mm-hmm. us. Um, interestingly, we've had one one professional sports person come along to our afternoon service since we started it. He's a so a premiership footballer. Oh, right. Joins us in the afternoon. He's a, he's a great guy. He, he plays a mean electric guitar in our worship band, which is fantastic. Wow. Um, but, and of course, when he first arrived, um, he had to sign a handful of autographs and, and pose for some selfies. Um, but we're two years in now, and he's, he's just a regular member of the congregation and friend. Um, I often forget that in some circles he, he's quite a celebrity. I, I think it probably helped him that I know nothing about football and right. didn't know who he was. So, <laughs> so that probably helped. But yeah. um, as most of the afternoon congregation, we, when we were there trying to engage with people who who have chosen to do sport on a Sunday morning, that's our, our kind of USP. So we did host an evening where I interviewed him about his faith and how it had helped him in his career, but also the, the challenges of being a Christian and playing at, at that higher level. And I just think it was it was really good for our kids and, and some of the adults to hear his story. Um, you know, it was, it was great of him to share. I know he's he's done so at other places when he's asked, um, but no, he's he's fitted right in, and he's a you know he's, he's a great guy, and a regular, just a regular member of the congregation now. Really, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, now, I mean, as you view sport within our culture, Charlie, um, what do you see as the opportunities and challenges for us as Christians? Yeah, yeah, that's a good good question. I I, I guess I given my perspective i see lots of opportunities Mm. Um, i think the park run phenomenon has has just been amazing if you're familiar with that it's it's such a good way for people to get out in creation to get involved in exercise at any level you can be competitive or not it builds kind of shared experiences and community Um, sometimes i wonder if the church could could learn something from the park run phenomenon i mean uh, at Bessels Green, we use sport as, as one of the doorways into our community, if you like. Um, you can play football with us on a Monday night. You can do aerobics on a Monday or a Thursday. Um, I've hosted bike rides on a Saturday morning. We hold a, a monthly run in our local park where we begin with a thought together and then take that out on a run around the park. Um, I, I think there are even some guys in the church that play golf, but um, that just sounds like a good walk ruined to me. I think the same goes. 
you know, all of these are ways into our community and it's places where, where new folk and lots of, of, of non-Christians get to rub shoulders with our church members. And then a few times a year we put on special events. Lots of them came to hear, um, you know, the talk we had in the afternoon from the, the footballer. Um, so, yeah, we get to share a few times a year a little bit about our faith and uh, and what Jesus means to us with them. Um I'm, I'm also, a, personally, I'm a member of a local tri-club. I, I joined a few years ago, and that's been a bit of a privilege because they know me locally. They know what I do for a living. And on more than one occasion, I've been drawn into pastoral situations and ended up visiting people from the club um, away from away from the training. And a, a, a couple of years ago, I was asked to lead a Thanksgiving service for uh, one couple who'd had a baby daughter. No connection with church, but they wanted something done, and it was a real privilege to to be able to lead that for them. So, you know, I think sport can provide lots lots of opportunities and ways into relationship with people, and then from that, ways into a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I think the, the evangelical charismatic wing of the church has been rediscovering the value of of spiritual disciplines, as they sometimes called, or spiritual practices which help train the body to enable the soul and spirit to flourish. Uh, presumably that's, that kind of fits in with some of the things you're saying. Yeah, 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 I guess it does. Um, I mean, I think I think spiritual disciplines are a, a great thing. You know, the practice of celebration of discipline by Richard Foster, I think, was kind of a seminal book in yeah. this. And uh, I think it's a good thing. You know, it, uh, discipline's a muscle you have to train, and sport is very good at, at providing a disciplined structure and, and discipline in one area of life can lead to greater discipline in others so interestingly we're, we're just about to start a new sermon series leading up to christmas looking at the book of daniel and um, i was working on the first of the sermons yesterday and i was wondering if if daniel's refusal to to eat the king's food is is really about self-discipline and him taking control of an area of his life that he, that he actually had some control over yeah it's kind of a daily practice that reminds him of who he is and or perhaps more importantly, whose he is. Um, you know, faith faith can't always be a mountaintop. Sometimes it has to be about about disciplined practices, about about the regular practice of prayer and reading the Bible and, and attending worship. Um, yeah, I think I think we need we need those disciplines and practices, particularly when faith is is hard. And I think I think there's something about maybe being disciplined in training for sport that that connects those two. And uh, an encouragement for vegetarians, of course, in uh, Daniel as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wonderful. Uh, And and, uh, books and resources you found helpful in this area, Charlie? I mean, it's not always something that people read about necessarily, but maybe you just wondered if you'd um, found books. Yes, no, and um, you were kind enough to let me see these questions in Mm. advance. So I had a look through my my library in my office, and, and there's one great book. Um, but I've lent it to a friend and I can't remember what it's called. So um, I'll have to maybe give you that and that can perhaps go in the show notes. Sure, sure. I mean, one, it's not it's not a Christian book, but looking at the psychology of sport and how perhaps, our, you know, we said mind, body and spirit are interrelated. So, so I think there's some, some good learning in it was um, Steve Peters' Chimp Paradox. Oh, yes. So that's, that's, a, that's a great book in terms of learning self-control and learning to control your mind. And I think there are, you know, he may not be aware of it, but there's some spirituality through that book as well. So, um, but maybe there's a marketplace for for someone to write that book um, because uh, yeah, I've not come across it yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a guy called Lincoln Harvey who I did try and get on the show, but he was uh, unavailable. Um, 
looking at Christianity and sport. And uh, yeah, that's, oh, great. that's it's a more of a scholarly look and treatment of the topic. Um, yeah, Lincoln, no, I'm looking forward to reading it when he when he gets around to writing. It. Well, no, no, he's written it, but he oh, okay. he, he just wasn't. He's not. He doesn't do media kind of stuff, or at least he's not free to do that at the moment. But certainly, he's. Um, yeah, he's done some thinking about it, and he's interestingly, he was um, in. in uh, I listened to an interview he did about the book prior to trying to invite him, and he was talking about the that actually sport needs no justification as a Christian. He was saying that if you're doing sport in order to do something else, particularly like witness and stuff, although that's a nice a nice outcome, it's not actually something that that needs to be the case. There's a value to God in just enjoying what you're doing anyway without any kind of necessary um you know um benefits in terms of your witness in life generally no no i i completely agree completely agree uh, so if you want to go and watch a football match go and do it and enjoy it or rugby in, in the case of seven oaks um because that is part of life even you know regardless of whether there's any uh, any particular value and merit so um yeah, and, and Charlie, you, as you look forward, are you you know you've done you just recently done done an Ironman um, event. Could tell us about that. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah. So I'm just back at work after a, a sabbatical, actually, which was which was just lovely. It's a real. I, I, I don't take it for granted. You know, it's it's a great thing the church lets me do every seven years. And uh, at the beginning of that sabbatical, I did Ironman Norway, um, which was yeah great. I think it's probably my best best performance to date it wasn't my fastest but it was it was hilly so it was tough and, and it was a it was a good race and but I've kind of rather let things go um since finishing that so I I'm, I'm just beginning to look at races for next year and, and and getting back out and it's it's amazing how quickly you lose the fitness sure sure. so I'm, I was back in the pool um last night and I'll, I'll go for a run this evening and uh, we'll, we'll look at setting some goals for next year Fabulous. And, and Ironman Norway, just to point out, it was in the summer, wasn't it? So, um, and, and it was a very hot summer in Norway. I don't know if that affected the race. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was very warm. Um, it's, also, it's also very hilly, surprisingly. Um, so the bike particularly, there was a, a massive amount of climbing, uh, which meant, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a, an additional challenge and the bike leg was a bit slower than I might have expected. But a beautiful country absolutely beautiful what a, a great place to visit yeah well you're being very modest because I, I do need to you know you do need to say what your marathon run was bearing in, <laughs> bearing in mind that you just swum and 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 cycled as well yeah i, I was i was pleased with the marathon in norway i, I managed a I managed a pb of, um, of, of four hours eight minutes for for the marathon which yeah you've, you've got off a, a very hilly 112 mile mile bike ride and and swam nearly two and a half miles as well so i was i was very pleased with that well i think that's absolutely fabulous and uh, credit to you so thank you well thank you. We, our, our interviews come to an end but thank you for you know for all that you shared and i hope this uh, perhaps helps those listening some some perhaps to to get into exercise if they haven't already uh, and particularly for some you know i i, I um say amen to the fact that you know mental health is, is assisted yeah. by the way in which our, our bodies function and uh, the endorphins released, etc., can be a real antidote to stress and uh, yeah. and mild depression. So, yeah, so important. If 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 I wanted to leave one thing from the opportunity to do this interview is if if ministers are feeling the pressure and stress of the job, um, which it can be at sometimes, and ministers do suffer with depression and mental health as well. You know, so encourage them to get out and, and walk and 
maybe begin to jog and find exercise and, and a community around it. It's, it's so good. I, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for it. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you've been listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Charlie Engram, Minister of Bessels Green Baptist Church in Seven Oaks. Do log on to Premier's website and you can listen to archived versions of The Leadership File by going to the uh, the Andy Peck uh, Leadership File section of that. Um, and you can go to iTunes too and download previous uh, shows. There's over 100 there for you to choose from. So I look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. 